The problem with many Christians when they come to pray is they don't have believing prayer. All they have is prayer. They have prayer. They don't have believing prayer. That's what makes all the difference in the world. Continuing in that theme tonight, I'd like to talk about uh, adventures in faith. Again, designed to strengthen our faith. And I encourage you to take notes. But right now, would you take your Bible and open up to the Gospel of Luke? Would you do that, please? Luke and chapter number 5. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, and I'd like to invite you to stand to your feet. We're going to read together the first uh, 11 verses. And then we'll, we'll let you sit back down, make a few comments, have some prayer, and we'll get right into the message. Luke chapter 5, and those of you who are at home, would you read out loud as well? Would you do that and join us all in heart and spirit? All together now, starting at verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon, answering, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. You may be seated. I want to talk this evening on the subject of adventures in faith. Now, you're probably well aware of this if you've lived any length of time, but many people lead dull, boring lives and then they die. And this actually happens to Christians as well. It seems that many of us quench adventure and we settle down for the routine and there's very little adventure or Christian excitement in our lives. Now the truth is, you will decide how you want to live your life. That's true, you'll make that decision and you'll decide how you want to live it. But you must remember that you only have one life. And before you know it, it's going to be over. Now the Christian life, if you ask me, the Christian life was meant 
to be lived with a dash of adventure and a pinch of excitement and a handful of faith. And the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, record for us how our Lord Jesus lived a very unique adventure during his earthly ministry. The disciples followed Jesus around for three years, and they got to see things like this in Luke chapter 5. And they decided that this was the kind of life that they wanted to live. A life of adventure in faith. Now as a Christian, you can experience some pretty amazing adventures for Jesus without even having to leave home. Without having to leave Surrey, B.C. And it's done by faith. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Adventures in faith. Let's begin with prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for a Bible that records for us these amazing stories, excitement and adventure. And truly, life ought to be lived that way with you, hand in hand. And it can be. And things can go from, from dull to exciting. And from boring and routine, they, they can go to adventure. Lord, we pray that every one of our dear folks at our church would get a hold of this idea, this concept, this one thought I'm trying to convey tonight. Adventures in faith, or we could say adventures by faith. Please, Father, increase our faith. Increase in us a desire to see some great things happen for the cause of Jesus Christ and the gospel. So bless now tonight this little message and help us, Lord, to, to grow. In Jesus' name, we ask it. Amen. Well, adventures in faith, the very first one I'd like to suggest to you is the adventure of being generous. The adventure of being generous. And yes, it is an adventure. Now, human nature being what it is, you know that many people are too selfish to embark upon such an adventure as this. You talk about being generous and all of a sudden something recoils within them. But can you imagine the thrill that it would bring to your heart and soul if you were able to be adventured, well, to be generous towards good causes? I'm not talking about taking your, your precious resources and just throwing it out the window. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about finding good causes and being able to support and give to good causes. And not all of them are within the church either. There's some good causes outside of the church. But this principle, this idea of being generous, maybe you've thought about this. Maybe there's been a time you thought, you know, I would like to be a little more generous than what I am, but uh, things being what they are, I can only do so much, but I sure wish that I could be a little more generous. Well, this is where it gets exciting because the truth is we can. Now, there, there's three things generally that we all have. Time, talents, and treasures. And those seem to be the three general areas of our possessions. Time, talents, and treasures. And they tend to be limited. They're not unlimited, are they? They're limited. Sometimes they're very limited. And so what we tend to do, and it's human nature, is we recoil and we withdraw and we hoard these things and we hang on to these things. 
Now, Paul said in Philippians chapter 2.21, he said, For all seek their own and not the things of Christ. We have a popular expression in English, and it goes like this. Every man for himself. There's other expressions that convey the same idea. You know, to thine own self be true. Look out for numero uno. You know, things like that. And they all tend to sort of convey this general idea. Uh, whatever you got, hang on. Don't be generous. You, you can't be. You can't afford to be generous. And this seems to be popular thought. But I'd like you to take your Bible tonight. And we're going to be looking at a couple different verses in our adventure. Turn to the right to the book of Romans, would you please? Chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. And I'll get your help to help me read. Would you do that? Would you help me read out loud? Would you do that? And you folks at home, would you do that too? Don't let us do all the work for you. You help us. You read out loud too. Romans chapter 12, and we're going to read one verse. Now, of course, this is in a context of uh, a number of admonitions the Apostle Paul gives to the Christians. And it starts at verse 9 and finishes verse 21. It's a great passage. But verse 13, that's what I want you to read out loud with me. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 13. Read that now. Distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. So there it is right there. You can see that God is instructing us to be generous. But you might think, how can we be generous if we ourselves only have very little? How can we possibly be generous? Now, that is actually a good question. That's a good question. If you've ever thought about that, I sure like to be more generous. But truth is, I don't have much to be generous with. I get a very little uh, income. It's very limited. I wish it was bigger, but it is what it is. So uh, what can you do? Well, what's the answer? How can we do this? How can we be generous when we ourselves only have very little? And the answer comes in one word, faith. The answer is by faith. You say, well, faith in what? Do we just take our money and just throw here and throw there and hope? That's not faith. Faith is a confident trust in what God has said. And so when it comes to adventures in faith and this particular one the adventure of being generous we need to put faith in God's promise when we put faith in God's promise that's when things start to happen um, you needn't turn there but Luke chapter 6 verse 38 the Lord Jesus gave the promise give and it shall be given unto you Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. Again, in the Old Testament, there's a promise of God in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given, he will pay him again. Here it is. Here's the secret. You actually have a magic purse. As a born-again Christian, putting your faith in the promise of God, you actually have a magic purse. And what I mean is that when you give of your time, your talents, your treasures to good causes, 
to good causes, you obligate God on his promise to give it back to you. Give, and it shall be given unto you. That's the promise of God. Now that that opens up a whole new world of possibilities now. That means that you can actually afford to be generous. Oh, but pastor, I'm kind of broke. Well, listen, you look to the Lord and, and if you have a little bit of time, a little bit of talents, a little bit of treasures, you know, it's not just the, the treasures, the money, but it's the time as well. And it's the, the talents, the abilities as well. And these things we can afford to be generous with. Sometimes we limit our thinking, don't we? We, we say, well, generosity, it only has to do with dollars and cents and money and that sort of thing. And no, that's only one aspect of generosity. Uh, parents with their children need to be generous with their time and spend more time with their children. That's generosity. And of course, talents as well, pitching in and helping out and doing things and using the, the natural uh, uh, abilities that God has given you and the talents you've learned taking these things and using them for good causes, using them for the Lord, what you're doing is you're giving. You're lending. And God is now obligated to reimburse you. When you do it in Jesus' name for good causes, you open up a whole new world of possibilities. You actually can afford to be generous because you have a magic purse. It's like reaching in, taking out what little is there and saying, here, I hope this helps. And then you see another need, and you open that same person, lo and behold, there's more. How did it get there? God put it there. Now we're speaking a little bit figuratively, but the truth is God will bring it to you. How he does it is up to him, but he will bring it to you and he will bless you. Did you know that time spent in prayer, God blesses that back to you? It was Martin Luther, the first one that I, I know of who, who wrote to this effect, but uh, he was a great prayer warrior. I don't know if you knew this, but he would, he would spend long time in prayer and he was a very busy man as well. And at one point he said, today I am so busy. I have so much to do. I'm going to have to spend at least three hours in prayer. Think about that. Isn't that cross grain to what Human nature says, well, if you're busy, you don't have time for prayer. You'd better hop on the horse and get going. No, God blesses back. You see, we have to see things as God sees them. There's this world and the way this world operates, and then there's God and the way God operates. And God operates in a different plateau than this world operates. Remember, you can flutter around with turkeys on the ground or you can soar up in the sky with the eagles and the choice is yours and it's an adventure all of a sudden to think well my daddy's rich he's made me a promise that i if i give it'll be given back to me and so you have time you have talents and you have treasures and you can afford to be a little bit generous i'm not saying that you give away the farm but I'm saying that you look for opportunities to be a little bit generous because this starts getting pretty exciting. Now, at this point, the world will say, no, 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 you can't do it. They'll say the pie is only so big. There's only so much of the pie. And anything you give away is gone. 
That's how the world thinks. That's how the world sees it. Now, let's be honest. In, in the realm of the world, they're right. Because God is not part of their, their lives. And according to the way the world works, if you give away a piece of your pie, it's gone because God is not there to put it back. Does that make sense? They don't have God in their lives. And so, sure, the world is telling you what it thinks is true. If you give away some of the pie, then there's just less pie there. God says, don't be afraid of that. He says, I'm the one who give you the pie. I'm the one who can give you more pie. You can afford to be a little bit generous. He says, prove me, try me. You know, uh, we have that promise of his in Malachi chapter 3. Prove me, try me, test me. Check me out on this. Bring the tithes in. See if I will not open the windows of heaven. Pour you out a blessing. And God has ways of blessing. He is amazing. He is so creative. We serve a God of creation, creative ability. The people who study snowflakes all seem to agree that no two snowflakes are the same. How many have heard something like that? Have you heard anything like that? Yeah. So they seem to talk that way. They've checked thousands of snowflakes and they can't seem to find two that are the same. They say that about fingerprints as well, don't they? No one, no two people in the world have the same fingerprints, they say. I suppose it's the same with DNA. No two people in the world have the same DNA. I'm only telling you what I've heard and what I've read. Well, look at the creativity of God to do that. I mean, if there's 8 billion people in the world and not everyone has 10 little digits, but, you know, for round figure's sake, you could say 80 billion different fingerprints in the world. And if someone new comes into the world, they're given a brand new set of fingerprints, a brand new set of DNA, and if snow falls on them, brand new snowflakes on their heads. No two snowflakes are the same. We serve a creative God, and God has creative ways of blessing things back. And his promise is very simple. Give, and it shall be given unto you. He that giveth to the poor, lendeth to the poor, uh, giveth to the poor, lendeth unto the Lord. And that which he hath given, he will, he will pay him again. So that's pretty exciting. But the world says no. He says, when you give, the world says, when you give away a part of your pie, it's gone. But to this, God steps in and says, no, you are wrong. World, you are wrong. When I get involved, God says to the believers, to the Christians, I am your secret resource. You will find in me everything and more that you could possibly need. Ecclesiastes 11.1 1 says, Cast thy bread upon the water, for thou shalt find it after many days. That's the promise of God. That's the same idea of giving and receiving, sowing and reaping. Isaiah 41 verse 10, God says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And that certainly has to do with the adventure of being generous. God is generous. He gives the rain and the sun to the just and to the unjust. The farmer who loves God and the farmer who hates God. God gives them both the rain and the sun for their crops to grow. God is generous. Even the fact that God is the one who sustains human life 
If God were to remove his hand off any individual, that individual would die, would disintegrate. But through the grace and love and mercy of God, he's very generous and he continues to give human life and opportunities to repent as well for the unsaved. You know, it's really just amazing, isn't it, how this world has gone from wickedness to a horrible wickedness to extreme wickedness to wickedness we never thought was even conceivable. The world has found a way. And yet still, there's a merciful, loving God giving men time to repent and get saved. To me, that's, that boggles my mind. The mercy of God. You know something? You can afford to be a little bit generous with the young people by having them wash your car. They're trying to raise funds. You know, every summer, the young people need to raise some funds for their activities. And they do this through various means. You can afford to be a little bit generous with the young people and bring your car around and and put some money in that uh, little collection thing and let them wash your car. You can afford to buy their Krispy Kreme donuts when they have these little sales. You can afford to buy them when we have the youth auction and we auction off the youth. And it's hilarious. It's so much fun if you've ever been to one. And they'll come to your home and they'll work for you. But the money that you, you pay... It's an investment and you're being generous. And God has promised for a good cause, you do it by faith in Jesus' name, he'll bless that back to you. You can afford to be a little bit generous in helping the young people. You can afford to be a little bit generous in giving a a good tip to your waitress or your waiter at the restaurant. You know that some, some Christians are very, very stingy when it comes to tipping. And again, it goes back to human nature. And they'll justify it for various ways. Now listen, if you get uh, the waiter, the waitress uh, out of the pit of hell, you know, and they are your waiter or your waitress, and you say, boy, you know, if anything, they should be paying me. Well, what you might want to do is you might want to overcome evil with good. And you might want to use that as an opportunity to say, listen, I appreciate you so very much. And here's a little extra. And you know what you'll do? You'll knock knock their socks off you'll you'll amaze them because when people tend to be snarky and nasty they tend to know they tend to know what they're doing and when you return that that evil with the love of jesus you'll make a profound impression you have a little gospel tract you want to leave there for the the waitress or the waiter well make sure that you leave a generous tip a lot of people they say well 10 percent, 10 percent. you know that's as much as you should give i don't know i disagree with that I like to give 20%. You say, why? Why give it away? Because I've learned that my daddy in heaven is rich and I'm, I, I can afford to be generous. I'm not giving away my house, but I can afford to give away a couple extra dollars. You know, for the sake of a, a couple extra dollars, I want to leave a good impression. When that waiter or waitress sees me bowing my head to pray before I eat my food, I want them to see that I'm a little bit generous. I want to help win them over. I want them to see something in me that they want. So you can afford to do that. I mean, it's exciting when you start to think about it. You can afford to be generous with the young people. You can be generous with your waiter or waitress. You can afford to tithe. You really can. And there's some Christians who feel, oh, I can't tithe because I don't make enough. Hey, that's not the question. You do it by faith. By faith, 
You take God at his word in Malachi 3.10, his promise to bless tithing back to you. And Luke chapter 6.38, give and it shall be given unto you. And of course, for the cause of Christ, getting the missionaries around the world. And folks, um, I keep a close eye on, on the, the figures that come in there for our missions. We post things up on the wall back there. And those figures and numbers and charts are all for your blessing so that you can see what's happening. But um, I've noticed that for the last month and possibly this month too, that our missions offerings have gone soft. And there's probably a couple of reasons for that, I suppose. But one reason could be possibly a lack of faith. A lack of faith. I know that we've had some people move away, move out of town. Uh, and I understand that. And that's what happens. But if we would just do our part, I think the needs will be completely met. We sure don't want to take on more missionaries if we can't afford to do so, right? But it's done by faith. And so, you know, through good times and through bad times, we can afford to be a little bit generous. We can afford to do that. And of course, you can afford to spend a little time helping us put out gospel tracts. I thank God for everyone who comes on a Saturday and helps us to put gospel tracts in the mailboxes. And you can see the figures over here on the board. There's 11, over 11,600 so far this year. Gospel tracts we've put into mailboxes. And these are special gospel tracts that direct people to our website, godanswersprayer.ca. And we have over 400 so far that we know of that have gone and checked out the, the little videos on how to get their prayers answered and how to know God as their personal Savior. That's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And we are actually praying for more. We got a big city ahead of us, don't we? 650,000. And we're asking God to save 10%. That's 65,000 salvation decisions. Now, where are these people going to go to church? And um, who's going to disciple them? You get the idea? When you give birth to a baby, that's wonderful, but now comes the responsibility of taking care of the baby. And when you have 65,000 babies, we're going to need to be praying. And God, he will help meet that need. He really will. But we do our part by faith. By faith. God is your secret resource, and he will pay back whatever time, talents, or treasures that you give to good causes in Jesus' name. Now, if you're wanting some adventure, I suggest you use faith and you try the adventure of being generous. But number two, there's the adventure of believing prayer. Believing prayer. Now, I've been studying this for a whole lot of years and I've come to the conclusion that perhaps one of the greatest forces upon planet Earth are the believing prayers of Christian men and women. I've come to believe that. And it's not just at any time in particular, it's consistent throughout history. Throughout history. Many Christians stumble at this adventure of believing prayer, and they have a list of excuses why they don't really pray much. Um, they say they hardly ever have a prayer answered. And so they're discouraged and so they don't tend to pray very much. Or they'll start praying and then it'll peter out and then they don't pray for so-and-so for a long time. Now we just came through our little season of prayer and we had Ivan 
come up and lead us in a good season of prayer. And you have a little prayer list. And I want to encourage you to pray every day for the, the names and the prayer requests on that page. Don't just pray tonight and then crumple it and throw it away, but pray every day. That's important, that we all gather at the throne of Jesus Christ every day and we bring these petitions because it will show our faith. Now, I remind you that uh, when here here at church, folks, you're at, some of you are at home right now watching on your, your devices, but when you're here at church and you look around, I want you to know that everything you see we got by believing prayer. Uh, we have a history, a 22-year history now as a church of growing and believing prayer has been the fuel behind it. And we started in the living room of our home. There were five of us and there was one old lady with us. There were six all together and we met in the living room. You know this crazy, corny old story. I've told it to you. My first pulpit was a cardboard box and that's how we began. And then the Lord got us into the Bear Creek Park Pavilion. Well, there was believing prayer behind this. From there, we got into 9061, which is no longer there. They've revamped it all into a little mall. But that's where we were next for six years. And then we were across the street over here in this unit number 18. That's where our, our Muslim friends are right now. And we were there for four years. And each of these places we grew and outgrew and believing prayer was really behind it all. And here we are now, we've been here 10 years, just about 10 years in this building. And it's been by believing prayer. Well, what's next for us? Well, if we continue to use believing prayer, you see, this isn't the end. It's not the end. You know, Christianity has never been this attitude of, okay, us four, no more, let's not you know, do anything that could jeopardize this little sweetness here. It's never been that way at all. It's go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that's an adventure in itself. But believing prayer is so very important. I remind you that all of these great things that we experience and we have and enjoy, they're here because they're answers to prayer. Now, the, the problem with many Christians when it comes to prayer is that it's not believing prayer. Th listen very carefully to me. The problem with many Christians when they come to pray is they don't have believing prayer. All they have is prayer. They have prayer. They don't have believing prayer. And that's what makes all the difference in the world. The difference, of course, between prayer and believing prayer is summed up in one word. Faith. It's done by faith. You no doubt have heard the story of uh, a time uh, when there was a big drought. And uh, I'm not talking about Noah's flood or anything like that. I'm talking about not that many years ago. And the farmers were very concerned. And so they would meet and talk about this. And they decided that they really need to get together. All the farmers and bring them all together and pray and ask God to send some rain. And so on this appointed night, could have been a Sunday night or could have been a Wednesday night, I'm not sure, but all of the, the farmers, pickup trucks and everything, all converged upon their, their little local church there. All the farmers came together to pray. And some of them brought their wives and children as well. And this one 
farmer brought his wife and his little girl and they were going to come together and they were going to pray for rain. And the little girl brought an umbrella. And some of the farmers laughed at her. Where is the believing prayer? If you're going to pray for rain, bring an umbrella. Doesn't that make all the sense in the world? Pray believing. Pray believing. See, this is the big difference between a lot of Christians when they pray. They can just pray or they can pray believing. And that's so very important. And I remind you that our faith must be in God's promise. When we talk about believing prayer, faith in God's promise. In what promise? In what promise? Well, let's turn back to the Gospel of Matthew. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Let's take a look at it. If you've asked the question, what is the promise for prayer, believing prayer? Matthew chapter 7. Would you help me again and please read one verse? Chapter 7 and verse 7. Read it out loud with me, you folks at home as well. Let's read out loud. Here we go. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Now that sounds very much to me like God means what he says. That if we will ask or seek or knock, we're going to get an answer. And of course, if you turn to the next gospel, Mark, and if you go to chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, this is the very Bible verse that uh, Brother Ivan led us in reading earlier before we had our prayer time. It's verse 24, Mark eleven twenty-four, And again, read that out loud together with me because this is the promise. Let's read it. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. <clears throat> now, right away. Someone is going to go all silly and say, oh, well, hey, let's pray for the lotto. Well, you go ahead and do that. And yeah, I'm going to do it and I'm going to pray believing. You go ahead and do that. But I think you're going to find that after a while, you're not going to be able to pray believing. It's going to be a, like a piece of spaghetti kind of prayer. There's going to be no strength in it because God is not going to put the faith in you to pray believing for something like that. God is not in the lotto. He will give you the faith and the boldness to pray believing for good causes, things that are his will. And so if you need money, actually our church will need money when we get into our next building. We might need $13 million. $13 million? Where is that going to come from? From God. Pray believing what things soever ye desire when ye pray believe that ye receive them and so over time as you're praying and praying and you're reading the scriptures faith grows and grows and grows it's like a, when a, lo, a little child learns to walk for the first time well you know that if you know anything about the baby development the first step for the baby is to be able to roll over, right? They're not going to walk if they can't roll over. And so first they get the roll over thing. 
And then they're sitting up, aren't they? That's the next step in their development. And what's the next step after they can sit up? What is it? Stand up. That's a momentous occasion when baby is standing all on his own or on her own. And then comes the very first steps. There's a growth, a strengthening. I mean, for us to stand up and walk or run, it's nothing. It's nothing. We got our strength. We got our balance. We've got our experience. But it didn't start that way, did it? It had to grow. And likewise, when you pray, believing that you will receive these things, it comes over a period of time as you study the scriptures. The adventure of believing prayer is exciting to be able to get a hold of something and to start to pray for it daily and your faith grows and the devil maybe challenges you that you have a wrong motive and you have to deal with this. Maybe there's a few other little things you've got to deal with, some doubts or fiery darts or something, but over time, you're getting stronger and stronger and now you just, you just know it. You just believe it. You just know it. Those of you who are married... When you first met your husband or wife for the very first time, did you say right away, would you marry me? Chances are not. It has happened to some people, but chances are you didn't. That, those words didn't come out of your mouth when you first met. You probably said, oh, it's nice to meet you. And then over time, you got to know them. and said, oh, it's very nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. You see how it's growing. And then over time, you're thinking, you know, I, th- I really think, I really think I love this person. I really, I really think I do. I think that they may be the one for me. And then comes the day where I know they're the one for me. And that's when they buy the rings and the flowers and they, you know, make their plans and so on. They know for sure. And this is what we want to get to. This is the adventure of believing prayer. There's a prayer and then there's believing prayer. Do you see the difference? You ought, to, you ought to see the difference in that because there's a world of difference in all of this. I'll tell you something. That uh, great things will come to those who learn to pray believing. Now, most of you don't know this, but I'm going to tell you a little story um, about, uh, let me think now, I think it was nine years ago. It was over eight years, coming up on nine years I don't know, something like that. Maybe Pastor Tim knows for sure. I think it's, maybe it's nine years. We made a decision as a church. We were going to hire him on to be an assistant pastor for the youth. We made that decision. He had just finished his four years in Bible college. He'd been up to our church a couple of times. Uh, and so we decided, yeah, we think he's the man for the job. So this is maybe nine years ago. And he was single, hadn't married Mrs. Lydia yet. Uh, and so he came up and I went down to get him. I crossed over the border into Blaine. And so then I met up with, um, with Pastor Tim and his dad and his dad's dad, the three men, the three amigo. They were, wanted to spend a little time together. They made this trip together and they, they drove all the way up to Blaine. And we met at the, the restaurant, Big Al's restaurant. Anybody you know Big Al's? down there. You should go in. It's a nice little place. You got some old memorabilia up there. When the border opens, you can get in there and have a meal. But we met at Big Al's. And so uh, after a little bit of fellowship, then uh, off we went, he and I, and we came up to the Canadian border. And we said to the border guard, 
uh, when bringing in this man, he's going to be our assistant pastor for our young people. And we had the paperwork and they said, okay, pull over there, go in, talk to them. Sure thing. And we did. We went over, we pulled in. And so they interviewed him and he came back and sat down with me. And then they, they called him up again. And uh, then he came back and he said, um, they don't want to let me into Canada. They don't believe my credentials. They think that there's no way I could be a, you know, a, a youth pastor. I just graduated out of Bible college. So they're talking about not letting me in. And so that's kind of, you know, threatening, right? Oh, what are we going to do? Well, I'll tell you what we did. We sat down together and we prayed believing. And the two of us, we bowed our head and we said, dear God, you have to fulfill this. You've put everything together. We need this man. You need to do this. And we prayed believing. We said, amen. They called him up again a third time. And this time... Uh, they gave him a rubber stamp. They said, okay, you can, you can come in. Now, someone might say, oh, that would have happened anyhow. And I disagree with you. And I think that he is here today because of believing prayer. Hey, if you're looking for some excitement, then I encourage you by faith to try the adventure of believing prayer. And quickly, there's one last one I want to leave with you, and that's the adventure of soul winning. Soul winning. Now, the other two adventures, they have their hardships, they have their rewards, that's true. But the adventure of soul winning takes you into a whole new land of giants and giant rewards. And in fact, they're the greatest rewards. Listen to me. The devil will do everything he possibly can to keep you away from the adventure of soul winning. The devil will work hard to keep you back and to throw cold water on you from launching out into the, this adventure because he knows. He knows what's involved. He doesn't want to lose people out of his kingdom. He doesn't want Christian men and Christian women to get involved with soul winning because he knows how God blesses them. He knows how he loses when we get involved doing the master's business of soul winning. He knows these things. And this is the greatest of all great adventures. The adventures of soul winning comes with the greatest approval from God our Father. The story we read earlier in Luke chapter 5, where Jesus said, launch out into the deep, let your nets down. Simon Peter obeyed and brought in this monster big catch of fish. And then Jesus said to him, fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And it was a, what it was, it was pointing toward soul winning. It was pointing toward helping lost people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's what that wonderful miracle was all about. What an experience they, they had that day. Now quickly, take your Bible and turn to Second Peter to the right before Revelation and you'll find 2 Peter. 2 Peter, chapter number 3. 2 Peter, chapter number 3. Second Peter, chapter number 3. Do you all have it? You folks at home, do you have it? Boy, it's hard to see some of you at home. 
the lens is a little foggy. Okay, well, I'll trust you've got it. Second Peter chapter 3, verse number 9. Verse number 9. I'd like you to read it out loud with me, please. Help me do this. We'll do it together. It'll be a blessing. Let's read together. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, there's a promise in which you can put your faith. God is very committed to seeing people get saved. That is the heartbeat of God. That is the whole reason why Jesus came to earth so he could die on a cross and provide salvation for men and women throughout all ages. And we are called upon to get involved with him. God's great concern for people to be saved comes with God's great power and blessing. Before Jesus went back to heaven, after the crucifixion and the resurrection, he got his disciples together and he told them, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. And then he said, go ye therefore. So he calls upon us to join hands with him and his power will flow through us as we get involved with this great adventure. And this is a good cause. And this is something you can afford to do because God Almighty is behind it. This is an exciting adventure, the adventure of soul winning. Now, right now, every Saturday, 10 o'clock, we're gathering here and we're distributing maps and uh, little stacks of 50 gospel tracts. And we go out for an hour and we put these 50 in mailboxes. And so it's just how many of us there are times 50. That's how many gospel tracts we can put out. And sometimes we can put out 500. Sometimes we can put out 1,000, depending on how many will come. But this is an exciting opportunity to get involved because you have to understand something. God's word does not return to God void. It accomplishes his purpose. And these are special gospel tracts. And starting, is it, um, Pastor Devian, this Saturday, I believe we're including the VBS flyers as well. Yeah. Okay, so for three weeks, we're doing that. And we're trying to reach boys and girls as well with the VBS. And so listen, you folk here and you folk watching at home, listen, this would be a great opportunity for you to get involved and come and give a little bit of your time. You can be generous with a little bit of your time and come and help us with this great cause to reach this great city. And God is not willing that any of this 650,000 die and go to hell. That's the idea of perish but that all should come to repentance. And if we can be generous with our time and we can pray believing and we can get involved with a little bit of soul winning activity like Saturday flyering, oh, God would be pleased to add his blessings to that. And people will be saved either these days or after the rapture and in the tribulation, people will be saved and we will have had a part of that. But the bottom line is that lost folks will come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And the question is, will you by faith come and help us get involved with the adventure of soul winning? So we've got to finish up here. You have one life. That's all you've got. You're not coming back to this world reincarnated. It ain't happening. You have this life, this life only. And... I encourage you, don't let your one life slip away 
without building some exciting memories of being generous when you really don't have it and being a part of believing prayer even when all the odds are against it and of course of soul winning when the devil has tried everything in his power to stop you from getting involved would you build some exciting memories and you do it by faith what a story those disciples had in Luke chapter 5 the miraculous catch of fish and what a story you'll have as well to tell others and to encourage others with and you did it all by faith adventuring faith pray with me would you heavenly father thank you for the gift of faith please increase our faith help us to realize that life is meant to be lived with a little excitement and a, and and faith and to see some wonderful things happen dear lord Spare us from a life of humdrum and boredom, tediousness, dead, dry, dusty, nothingness. Please give us wings as eagles. Please increase our faith as Christians in this little church to reach this city of 650,000 and then to reach the world through missions. The Lord bless your people with faith. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.